Welcome back to the, another episode of Reversing Course, the golf course restoration at Wakanda Club. I'm Rianne Kinney, the general manager here at Wakanda. I have here with me Dane Wilson, our golf course superintendent, Aaron Kruger, our director of golf, and special guest Dr. Mark Leo, a golf course reader with Golf Week, here with us. Gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, we are another weekend. Dane, why don't you give us the update? Well, even with that rain last week, you know, like we talked about, we were in that meeting, but um, even since then, we only lost a day's worth of work and we, gained, we began flying around the golf course. Um, you know, I even had my guys working on Saturday, so we made some big leaps and we were able to uh, do all the tie-in work around the greens on 1, 3, 4, and 18, and then also strip the green on 2 and 17. There's a little bit left there, but we'll get some more direction today and then I'll have the rest of that green out by today or tomorrow, which really helps us out for in a number of different ways because now we've got the bulldozer on number two, um, we've got a shaper on 14T ready for us to remove the sod on five so we can start building five, and um, other than that, irrigation, we're pretty much done on the west side of the water with the exception of those major shaping areas, and um, really just moving and flying. Um, we made some adjustments and added something back into the project and so got all that organized. Um, bridge is almost gone on 18. They'll be done today, dredging in here in a couple weeks and then we'll be able to finish off that west side. Only thing we're doing is waiting on the power drop for Mid-America which uh, we've been diligently working on in the past two days and so hoping to have that done by uh, today or tomorrow. And then we're we originally thought we'd be able to begin seeding this week, but at a minimum, we might uh, be able to finish off some things. Um, bunker liner, which started going in yesterday, we've got 440 tons of sand starting this week, and then 440 tons per se of bunker sand for now until the duration of this project. So things are coming in. It's a sign of us moving forward and being able to start finishing some things off. So. Um, once we get the rest of the sod off on 17, we'll be able to take that sand from that green in order to finish off tees. Drainage guys are on tees today. They only have three greens remaining, so we move them back over to the west side to begin finishing some things off. So today we'll drain the tees on five, three, possibly one, and four, which gets us off the west side and move them back on the greens. So a lot of things going on. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. Are you, um, is this the schedule that you, are we still kind of going the schedule that you had planned? Yeah. I mean, inevitably there's a couple things that we're ahead of. There's a couple things we're behind on, but you know, as I'm kind of forecasting out, I think, um, you know, some of those things that we might be a little behind on, will catch back up relatively quickly. And then some of the things we're ahead on will ultimately fall back. And so keep everything in line. I mean, really, I mean, we're moving we're moving really good mm -hmm. so okay all right well thank you Dane for that update it sounds like things are coming along and like we said a lot of moving parts that we know you're juggling a lot so thank you very much for that you're update. welcome <laughs> you guys have fun <laughs> <laughs> well I'd like to introduce our special guest for today uh, Dr. Mark Leo uh, Dr. Leo is a urology specialist that practices at Millennium Physicians Group in Fort Myers, Florida and Port Charlotte, Florida. Uh, prior to moving to Fort Myers last summer, Dr. Leo was a Wakanda member, serving on the Board of Directors and the Golf Course Vision Committee. Dr. Leo has also lived in Minneapolis and Las Vegas prior to moving to Des Moines. 
uh, while we're not here to talk about urology, uh, we are here to talk with Dr. Leo about his passion, which is golf. Dr. Leo is a course rater for Golf Week and uh, has tremendous insights on the course rating system and uh, golf course architecture. We are thankful that his wife Lana and daughter Jaslyn are letting us borrow Dr. Leo uh, on their family trip back to Des Moines for this podcast. So thank you for that and welcome to Wakanda. Welcome, welcome back. back. Thanks. Thanks, Rihanna. We appreciate that. Uh, and I'm sure uh, my wife and daughter do as well. And uh, I'm glad we're not talking about urology. Uh, <laughs> this is much more fun and uh, I, uh, I look forward to it. Well, we are excited to have you back. We uh, so enjoyed having you here at Wakanda and having your family here, and it is so good to see you. And we're excited to talk with you today. So we talked a lot about uh, part of our goals with this project was uh, course rating. Um, and we talked a little bit about that with Tyler Ray. And so we thought it would be interesting to have somebody uh, like you here to discuss that with us and how that impacts what we're doing on the project and what we're doing, uh, how what we're doing impacts our course rating. So we appreciate you being here uh, to talk with us about that and we're interested to, to hear about it. So tell us a little bit about uh, maybe your background and um, how you became a course rater. Yeah, you bet. So my initial foray into the uh, rating uh, uh, business, if you will, uh, came about with my late father. I had uh, I had been home on a uh, on a holiday, and uh, he and I were going through one of the old Golf Digest magazines, and we were looking at, uh, at actually the, the course rating issue. We decided at that point, hey, it would be fun to to try to play all of these top hundred courses. So um, we made some plans, and uh, the the engineer and me said. You know, how does this work? You know, how, how could I get to the bottom of this? So I actually sought out uh, a gentleman by the name of Brad Klein, who mm -hmm. uh, is the architecture editor at, at Golf Week at the time, and uh, I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a personal letter, and I told him my, uh, my story and you know, what my father and I would like to do. And uh, unfortunately, my father passed away during the, during the transition of these letters, and uh, it became more of a, of a life thing for me. Uh, than, than something we would share together. But just that letter uh, was enough for Brad to say, Mark, you're, you're a raider. Consider yourself in and start rating. So that's kind of my background. And I think the, the whole rating uh, aspect of golf courses now is so important. You know, uh, Americans in general love lists and we, and we love rankings, whether it's a refrigerator or the best hotel or the best restaurant. Uh, golf courses aren't any different and um, they recognized that back in in the 60s actually 1966 was the first sighting of a, of a golf ranking by Golf Digest and interestingly enough they uh, they referred to it back then as the hundred toughest courses in America so there's a there's a genesis here of, of toughness associated with the course rankings which probably holds true to, to today. Um, there aren't a whole lot of easy courses in the, uh, in the top 100, um, but that kind of set the stage. Shortly after that, uh, the other golf publications, Golf Magazine and Golf Week, which at that point was more of an insider kind of uh, publication, uh, began to publish their ratings as well. 
the interesting thing about Golf Week was they divided it at that point from the older courses, those before 1962, and then the courses after 1962. And, and there was a difference, obviously, the classic architecture versus modern architecture. Um, but it's been, it's been fun to, to see the nuances and the differences and, uh, and how this ties into this restoration at Wakanda. I think it's very, uh, it's very telling. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about your, your dad's influence. Where did you grow up and, and what kind of golf course did you grow up playing and what kind of influence did that have on you seeking out rating golf courses? That, that's a really, really good question, Aaron, and I never thought of that. But I grew up uh, actually north of Pittsburgh okay. uh, in a town called Erie, Pennsylvania. And the golf course that I grew up playing, we actually lived on. We lived on the course. And it's, it's interesting because that course has gone through a restoration in the past 10 years. And what they did was uh, many of the things that we're going to talk about, clearing out trees, creating vistas. It sits right on the lake. And, you know, for, for most of my childhood growing up, you would have never known that one of the Great Lakes was, was right behind your shoulder. Uh, and after clearing out woods and clearing out trees, uh, it's really become, you know, quite a, quite a course. It was called the Lawrence Park golf club golf course no pool no tennis just golf um that was the lake side of the course which was actually a street name of the of where i grew up the other side of the golf course uh was was just across the street from uh, from the uh, locomotive factory of general electric so within you know within the acreage of the golf course you went from you know a, a basically a, a factory on one side to a great lake on the other side hmm. and uh, it you know it shows you what you can do with with a piece of property if you do it correctly it was a guy named Packard um, who was the, the designer and, and uh, his, uh, one of his associates was a guy named Tull T-U-L-L which occasionally you'll see on some Northeast designs but wasn't a real famous designer but he, he created really something special at that course that's neat that's a that's a great story amazing how different one property of golf course you get on both sides yeah for sure so um once you became a golf week course raider after that letter to bradley klein what kind of training did they offer they just say go play golf courses and and write about it or did they standardize through some criteria and provide you with training and this is how you look to rate golf courses tell, tell us a little bit about how that process went yeah you bet so initially um it was exactly as you say uh Hey, here you know. Here's a big list. Here was our list from last year. Have at it. Um, and you know that was a bit of a challenge. Access is always a problem uh, for particularly for a lot of the private clubs. But uh, over time, it, it morphed into something much more uh, much more regimented. Uh, there was a handbook uh, that described ten criteria that uh, that were important in reviewing a golf course. And those were the criteria that you were used to that you were to use to uh, create a rating. Um, when you think about it, it's it's ideal because you you can't you can't expect that every one of your raiders is going to play every single golf course, mm. right? I mean that that's the challenge in itself. So you had to have a system whereby you could take a single golf course on a single day and create a score for it. 
and then when you plugged in all the scores is, is how the rankings ultimately came out. Um, I know Brad did that by hand initially. Uh, I come to learn that uh, accounting firms like Price Waterhouse are now involved uh, on, the, on the Golf Digest side of things and also on the, on the Golf Week side. So it's pretty, it's pretty serious. It goes down to decimal points. Um, but really is necessary if you're going to get a, an accurate assessment of, of how these courses compare to one another. Yeah, so you've got a pool of, do you know how, how many Golf Week course raters there are? There used to be, um, used to be a fairly small number, uh, you know, less than 200. Oh, wow. I would have expected way more. Yeah, and now, um, you know, because there's so many more golf courses now, and, and, and again, uh, what's happened is uh, courses are ranked by priority in terms of need to be rated. So uh, that has expanded the Raider pool significantly. I think there's probably over 500 Raiders now on the Golf Week side. Golf Digest and Golf are, are I think, much smaller pools. They're probably about 100, 150 each. Interesting. So um, you've got this pool of, of course Raiders. You've got all these golf courses. You only have the ability to play a handful of courses a year, let's say. Um, and so they have to then have some, I would think, um, minimum number of Raiders to have a statistical um, snapshot or significance yes, that's right. to that. So. How many? How many would that take if 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 we just built a golf course tomorrow? How many how many people would have to rate it before it would be considered into the next year or the following year's criteria? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a bit mathematical. Uh, in order to get significance, I think you probably have to have at least fifty. But surprisingly, that's not a problem mm -hmm. uh, with with these raters. We're all very passionate about what we do, and uh, you know when a new course opens, it, it doesn't take long to, to get a hundred raiders through there. I'll use an example of uh, a course in in Nebraska, which literally opened last year, uh, called Landman, uh, has already uh, made the rankings both in Golf Digest and Golf Week. Here's a course that's not even been around for a year for full play. Yet, you know, that, that rating population has been there. And it, you know, it, it kind of makes the point of how important it is, you know, for these raiders to, uh, to get access to your course and, and see how things are. Obviously, the top 10, the top 20 courses in these rankings, they don't need any new raiders. However, uh, they're, they're always conscious, you know, and they're always, uh, they're always looking for ways, and it might not be just directly reaching out to raiders, but, for example, L.A. Country Club. You know, is someplace that's uh, that's very far off the radar, uh, but they realized that they were going to have to open up, you know, their access, their course to the public, which they essentially did by agreeing to hold the U.S. Open. Mm. Uh, I come to learn uh, this past week that uh, Pine Valley, which is another you know perennial first or second rated golf course, uh, is is going to hold a, a Curtis Cup. So, you know, it, it, it's always on the mind of, of these courses that they, they need to be in the public eye. You know, they can't just hide behind the, the, you know, the legacy that they had for so many years, realizing that, uh, you know, Raiders are probably not going to be a part of that. You know, they're always going to be great golf courses. They come from great bones and, and not much is, uh, is going to change. However, they, they do make updates, mm -hmm. obviously, all the time, and that's an important part of 
what we're doing here at Wakanda. As yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Hey, just real quick, can you kind of run through those uh, different criteria measures when you rate a golf course, what those are, and um, and just kind of explain just a little bit of each of those to yes, us? Yes, you, you bet. Um, what I'd like to do is kind of tell you the, the differences between what I know about Golf Digest's uh, criteria and Golf Week's criteria. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're a little bit different. And then to go one step further, I'd like to kind of go through uh, how I would rate Wakanda or the, uh, the well that was my next question so let's do it <laughs> let's do it so there is a little bit of a difference so yeah. the, the golf digest criteria uh, are, are number seven there's seven different criteria um, one of them uh, one of them has to do with fun at the very end which uh, uh, actually eight I, I apologize it, it used to be seven and, and they added a fun category which uh, which is everybody's favorite but I, I think the, the Golf Digest criteria really relate to the, the average golfer seeing a golf course, uh, not knowing much about the history, not knowing much about the land, who routed it, was there an issue with the routing, and those kind of things. So it's, 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 more, uh, it's more geared toward the, the, the average rater, if you will. And that's no disrespect to Golf Digest because they, you know, they clearly are still the standard by which uh, you know most people will quote uh, where they stand in the rankings. But uh, for the for the true aficionado, I think Golf Week uh, does a, a better job of, of creating criteria that uh, that relate to much more than uh, than than just your your round that day. Um, the first category with Golf Week has to do with routing. Um, and, and the second category, which is divided into into classic and modern, has to do with the the design. You know, Wakanda is a great example of of how a course is routed uh, correctly. Um, I referenced uh, a, a a lidar uh, diagram that that Tyler uh, exposed us to during his uh, his presentations, and to see uh, from a just purely geographical standpoint, uh, what the Wakanda land looks like uh, is, is truly stunning. You know, to see these, uh, these ridges and, uh, and the change in landform throughout the, a square property, you know, which is uh, kind of landlocked in a city, uh, is, is truly amazing. And what Langford and Moreau were able to do with that piece of land um, just blows my mind. It's really something, and uh, Tyler is going to obviously uh, expand on that, and you know, make sure that that's an important part of, of these things going forward. Um, in that light, uh, the the design and, and how green sites uh, and, and tee boxes are, are chosen. Um, you know, here at Wakanda, I think it was uh, it was genius. You know, for where some of these green sites were placed. You know. There's a tendency nationwide for those to be on top of hills or ridges and have the best views, and that's not always necessarily the case. You know, there are green sites that uh, you know that are in lower lying areas and um, maybe not on the top of a hill, but on the side of a hill mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. And um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that brought back, you know, during this restoration process. Um, the natural setting. Um, is it, it, it ties in with those first two uh, routing and design uh, properties. Um, you know, Wakanda uh, it kind of got the <laughs> got the short end of the stick, if you will, right? 
it's uh, it's you know square in a city, uh, relatively you know not expandable by modern standards, but but certainly you know uh, not able to be improved uh, or, or able to be improved is what I should say. You know, if you compare that with some of the other properties, uh, coastline properties, uh, you know, Sand Hill properties, uh, much, in my mind, much easier to, you know, create flow and, and create a lot of different golf holes. You know, that's what makes a place like Wakanda special, is that we've, you know, we've taken a piece of land that we really can't do much to. And uh, at the end of this project, it will be, you know, it will be maximized to the point of, uh, uh, of a, a stunning display, it really will be. Uh, moving on in the uh, in the criteria golf week, uh, the greens and, and the green complexes. Uh, one of my favorites. It's you know it's it's you know that you take punch bowl greens. You have uh, you know greens that you can enter from the front. Uh, Wakanda is going to have all of that stuff. Um, and I, I think a lot of time is obviously being spent on, on the greens. Uh, that's where this course will, will defend par. Uh, we don't have the length, you know, available to us that uh, a lot of other places do. Um, the, the greens will be, you know, greens will be outstanding. And uh, I think everybody listening to the podcast knows that, uh, you know, Dane and, and the whole team is working uh, on these greens. Mm -hmm. and they, they probably think about it all night like I do <laughs> um, moving on uh, the next three categories uh, are, are par threes par fours and par fives and really what you're looking for in, in that uh, is variety uh, I think one of the great things that we've we've addressed here at Wakanda is making sure that the par threes do have that uh, that difference you know you want a short one you want a long one a couple in the middle um, that's that's really what makes a course fun to play. You know, you want to be able to use different clubs in your bag, and and not only that, um, which ties into other things um, that we've incorporated into this design is, is multiple tee boxes. Oh, sure. You know, making the making the course playable for everybody. You know, so even even if it's a, a designed to be a long par three, it'll be able to to be playable from those forward tees, which uh, which is so important so important in growing the game these days. Um, the par fours, same kind of criteria. You know, do they all go in the same direction? Do they take advantage of the prevailing winds? Um, are they, you know, are they friendly to people who hit the ball right to left <laughs> and left to right? And uh, I, I, I think we've got great variety here at Wakanda. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's a reverse dog leg. There's all kinds of, all kinds of holes here that, uh, it would, would make a Raider very happy. Um, the par fives, uh, same thing. You know, you never want a second shot on a par five to be a, a throwaway shot or a, a non-thinking oh, right. shot. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, that's that's great here with Conda. Now, the, some of those second shots are <laughs> are approach shots uh, for a lot of the modern players, but uh, you know, for for most of us mere mortals, um, you know making that second shot an important part of what you do and not just, just mindlessly knocking it down the fairway uh, has, has really been thought out. And I think capturing some of the bunkers uh, from the past, uh, which Dane, Dane and Tyler have done a masterful job of doing, uh, is, is going to really bring that into every, everybody's game, which is, uh, which is fun. Um, conditioning, 
then becomes uh, part of the ongoing process. Uh, you, you couldn't ask for a better superintendent than Dane. And I, I think once this project is complete, uh, the, the primary conditioning that Wakanda is known for uh, will be even better. Um, that would be a that would be a ten. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, these rankings, uh, these scores on all these categories go from from one to ten. Okay. Um, and uh, you know there are there are tens. Uh, there are, there are courses that uh, have, have never achieved a full ten. Uh, so obviously somebody sees uh, somebody sees defects with all the courses, even the top five courses. Um, trees are uh, are also <coughs> one one of the criteria, um, and and that's changed over the years. Obviously, uh, when when courses were um, were first started, many of them didn't have trees. And that was always an argument, you know, was, uh, was the course really meant to be that way or were those designers thinking or those architects thinking, you know, those trees are going to grow up someday and, and that's what's going to define this whole or this course. Um, it's an interesting, interesting argument and there have been a lot of courses across the country where that's, uh, you know, that's become very, very uh, uh, controversial, if you will. But I will say that just about every course in America has some type of tree management uh, that's important. You know, there's a hole where a tree you know, defines the hole. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a course that's in a forest, uh, but a, a single tree in a, in a great location is a great thing. And um, you, you'll see that at Wakanda here. I think we've um, almost masterfully taken out the trees that don't belong there. Mm -hmm. and, and they've left behind what looks to be the trees that, that do need to be there. And, um, and that's huge. You know, and I would say at this point that's, you know, an, a, a real feature of Wakanda, of this design going forward. And I think it's going to be a lesson to other courses that are much like Wakanda, you know, who will be doing uh, restorations. You know, they're going to look at us not that we shaved a piece of land down to nothing, but we, we truly went tree by tree, you know, maintaining, you know, the ones that needed to be there. And for that, I'm giving them another 10. Hmm. Yeah. Great. The last category in the golf week is, um, is what, what's referred to as the walk in the park test. That's really where you tie in, you know, is, is this a fun round? Is this a great day? You know, did I enjoy this? Do I want to play it again? You know, do I want to play it right now again? And one of the criteria that I've always thought that defines what a great golf course is, is uh, and I've been blessed to have the opportunity to, to play a lot of golf courses. When I finish, you know, whether that's in my car driving home or whether that's, uh, you know, in a, in a grill room, you know, can I remember every hole? Can I sit down oh, yeah, absolutely. and say, you know, okay, number one was this, number two was this. And you'd be surprised, and I, I challenge everybody to, to do that. The next time you play a golf course, you know, sit down and say to yourself, okay, do I remember the holes in sequence? And there are a lot of courses that I've played one time, and they are so good that to this day I, I can go through from hole 1 to 18 and tell you every single hole. Uh, I'll, I'll throw a few out. You know, Pebble Beach is one of those courses. Sure. You know, it's not for everybody, but it's a course that, that has that walk in the park. It has that criteria that you're going to remember all these holes. Um, 
I, I honestly think the first time I played Wakanda, it, it fell into that category. It was, boy, that first hole was a tough hole. Uh, and then it just went from there. Um, and I think in my mind, that, that's really the, the first thing that I do when I rate these courses. That's great. No, that's uh, that, that, that kind of leads me into my next question. So uh, everybody, there's so many people that play golf, and, and everybody loves to discuss what their favorite golf course is. And, and maybe they don't necessarily know why, but maybe that goes to the why. That's that walk in the park test. Is that probably for the general golfer what they grade a golf course on the most? Or what do you think of those 10 things that they list? That, that that general golfer would kind of use to develop their own personal top three or five or ten. Yeah, I, I would. It, you know, I, was, I would say that if uh, if you took non-raiders versus raiders, and obviously the bigger category are the non-raiders. What's that? Uh, what's that criteria? It's it's that. Sure. You know, I, I want to play it again. I hear that a lot when yeah. I go to these courses, and uh, and that means more than anything. Conversely, you hear. I don't ever want to play this course again in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, they could, uh, or worse, right? They could, uh, they could take it or leave it. Um, still, a good golf course. Yeah. Uh, still, under the other eight criteria, have uh, you know have nines and tens, but boy, it just beat me up. I, I just don't want to play it. Course that comes to my mind is uh, is Firestone, which oh, uh, sure. everybody is familiar with, and uh, you know this is even when I was a better player. Uh, Firestone is just a long golf course, a slog of long par fours that are kind of straight and protected by bunkers. And after a while, you you know, you were hitting eight irons and seven irons and you got so tired that now you're hitting fours and fives into these holes. Great golf course, uh, obviously has stood the test of time. You know, they still hold a lot of championships there, but just not my, not my cup of tea. Sure, sure. And that's probably something you have to do as a raider while you're while you're rating it is to is to be a little bit more on the criteria, not necessarily how you played, Correct. and let that influence absolutely how yeah. you do that. I you bet that's I bet that's a little bit of a challenge. It is a challenge, you know, particularly when uh, I remember walking off the golf course that day and looking uh, at the inside door of the locker room. They had a scorecard from uh, Jose Maria Olathabal, who had shot a sixty-one <laughs> as a course record, and I thought. I'm not sure he played the same golf course. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you, I loved how you tied some of those criteria into Wakanda. You know, I don't think that's the sole intent of Wakanda's restoration is to is solely to improve our rankings, but it does a definitely a, maybe one of the sub goals. For sure. What do you see as kind of Wakanda's upside or potential as we go forward from our current? rankings both in-state and, and right now outside of Golf Week's top 200 classical courses. Yeah. Do we have potential to jump into those? I, there's absolutely no question. Um, with a little research, uh, I was able to, to determine that um, you know, I think this is important for all the members and non-members and potential members and future members to know, uh, Wakanda was in the top 100 courses at one point. Um, the ratings came out in, in 66. Wakanda was in that top 100 for the first two biennial rankings, uh, and then they fell out. Okay. Uh, none of us know why, mm. uh, probably because more courses came on board and more Raiders came on board and so forth. So the legacy is there. You know, it, uh, it was a course that at one point was, was in the top 100, 
and a, a lot of courses that were in that initial top 100 are still there. Mm-hmm. So the question is, could, could Wakanda get back there? Uh, I have no doubt that they can. And, and the team that's been assembled uh, with, with you two and with Dane and with Tyler and his crew uh, and Jim, um, they can do it. And I think on a national scale, that's really you know, the goal. You know, can we get back into that top 100? I think it can be done. But equally importantly is, is locally, you know, or, or statewide. You know, where is Wakanda, Wakanda going to stand? Um, for many years, uh, it was number one. In it was, Iowa? It, it was number one in Iowa. Uh, sure. In Golf Digest. And only two of the ranking systems, uh, Golf Digest and Golf Week, do state rankings. Golf Magazine does not. Um, for years, you know, from... 90s through early 2000s, you know, Wakanda was number one in Iowa and probably really didn't have a whole lot of competition until um, redesigns, restorations started to happen. Cedar Rapids, Davenport, Harvester have all surpassed us. And uh, I think in the current rankings, uh, Wakanda sits number four in one and, and number six in the other. And that shouldn't be. This, this course is much better than that. And uh, I, I think locally it's important to, to regain that top spot, even in Des Moines. And that's definitely achievable. And I think it's definitely likely you know, once, this, once this project is complete. That's exciting. Yeah, very. All right, so you've been all over the country playing golf. What's your favorite? What's your favorite course? You know, I, it's changed. Uh, when I when I first started ranking courses, I, uh, I I was I was just boggled by you know how many how many great courses are out there and, and what you really liked. And for the longest time, uh, there, there was a course called San Francisco Golf Club, which uh, which is a Tillinghast course. Which he didn't do a lot of courses on the on the West Coast. Uh, he did very few, in fact, but. Um, the just the green complexes and just the ambiance of, of San Francisco golf course just had me mesmerized and for a long time uh, it, it was my number one course and uh, when I was asked that question uh, that's what I would say close behind that was Oakmont which uh, which is really where I grew up and I, I played a lot of junior tournaments and, and you know high school events and so forth at Oakmont and I went back, you know, after their redesign restoration project and realized that the, the land that I was on was a special place for it to be really two different things. You know, a golf course that was carved out of trees um, going to a golf course that had no trees. And when people say no trees, uh, unless you've been to Oakmont, there are no trees. There are no trees on their golf course. And uh, I, I think when I went back to play it after that restoration, I changed. Um, it's now my number one course. Yeah, I, I okay. think it always yeah. will be. Yeah. Part of it's home. Sure, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But part of it is that lasting impression that it gives you that, you know, I want to play this again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play that hole again, and I'm not going to hit it there. And I want to go to that hole, and I want to hit it there. Uh, it's just one of those courses that you, you remember forever. That's great. I think our restoration has a new goal. 
to become Mark Leo's number one. Yeah, <laughs> the one he wants to play over yes. and over again. Yeah, yeah. That, won't be a, that won't be a problem. <laughs> Uh, well, Dr. Leo, thank you so much for taking your time today and taking time out of your vacation to be here with us. This is great. This was so enlightening, and we are so excited to invite you back uh, to play Wakanda once it's all done. Oh, I, I thank you very much, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing. You guys are doing a great job, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you.